Good afternoon. Thank you for coming. Uh, I'm glad to see we had a pretty good turnout here. Thanks for the applause, even before you saw it, too. That was great. Um, I'll jump right in. So this presentation is about the journey from discovery all the way through optimization. And I think that the, the first thing we have to come to grips with is the complexity of the existing IT estate, right? It's, it's big, it's gnarly, uh, it's not getting any easier. And uh, believe it or not, cloud doesn't really simplify it too much, to be honest with you. It's gonna, now we have another uh, variable that we, we kind of have to deal with, right? So how do we approach our environment if we're thinking about cloud transformation to go from this to something that's functional and working within AWS? And what I'm gonna do today is take you guys through some best practices that we have as a company. So Flexera has been in this uh, business for 12 years, essentially, uh, doing all sorts of transformation. First it was virtualization, now it's the cloud. And so we've seen a lot uh, through that time. And as I take you through this, what I'm gonna do is share what we've seen works for our customers and give you some, uh, some concrete examples. So let's start with Andy Jassy, first of all. Uh, it's not just us saying what you're gonna hear today. One of the most important things that he talked about, this is from last year's Partner Summit keynote, was that when he talked to customers, it was all about an end-to-end -end portfolio analysis. Not dealing with one application here or one application in, a, in some specific data center, but really thinking about it broadly across the whole portfolio of applications that customers have. And we'll talk about that. That's part of our best practice approach and uh, we'll give some examples of how that works out. So let me talk about quickly Flexera. This is a somewhat, uh, even though I'm gonna do best practice, obviously from a marketing standpoint, we want you guys to know we do have solutions at each of these stages, right? So from seeing and assessing what's in the environment, so that's discovery, automated service mapping, which we'll talk about, planning and sequencing transformation, so that's, uh, we'll, we'll go through some examples of different scenarios that you can run around your own environment. And then once you're in the cloud, how do we optimize that environment, synchronize it with what's on-prem? And finally, think about getting to a, a very mature operating model where we are automating and orchestrating all of those operations. So these are the kind of best practice steps we'll go through today. And we'll start with step one which is discovery. So raise a show of hands rather. How many people in here know all of the applications they have in their environment? All right, right, so that was, that's what we get. How many know half? Okay, we well all are doing, you are way ahead. <laughs> if you know half, you're way ahead. Most of the customers we deal with, uh, they want to go to cloud, they want to transform, but they don't know where to start they don't even know where they could start, right? And so the first thing we have to do is give that visibility. Now these are some pointers about that. First of all, you have to go big. Finding one application in detail is great, and you're gonna need that, but it's not enough. We'll talk about this as we get to the uh, sequencing piece, but a lot of the really low-hanging fruit for you as an organization to get applications into cloud are not the apps you're thinking about. You're dealing with the top 5% of apps, right? Those are 
what you get support tickets on. That's what you're actively developing. But it's the long tail of applications where you can really make a dent in your environment as far as getting transformation accomplished and do it at low risk. But if you don't cover your entire estate when you're looking, you won't find those because they don't know where they are. The app owners don't. Automating service discovery. You've got to stop dealing with servers or load balancers or storage. We need to deal with the business services, the applications that we have in the environment. That's what we're going to migrate. That's what our customers consume or our internal stakeholders use. So that's what we need to focus on. And so if you're focused on dependency mapping, which is a loaded term, right? If you're thinking, oh, this server depends on this, that's a never-ending rabbit hole you're going to be in. They all depend on something. So what you need to be able to do is automate a service level view. Some of you may be working with your ITSM teams who are in this process right now with ServiceNow or something, trying to uh, get that service mapping done. Obviously, Flexera offers that. But it, regardless of what tool you use, you want to deal with your portfolio at an application level. Okay. Last is collecting over time. I had a meeting yesterday with a customer who told us, well, I wish I had collected longer. They collected three months' worth of data, but they had one set of applications that the development teams only worked on every six months. So it was coming in. So it's, a, it's something where you have to understand your environment is constantly changing. Snapshots are not going to work. You're going to fail during the migration if all you do is snapshots. So you've got to have some way to collect over time some continuous data stream. So let's talk about these. I did this. It was interesting. We had a customer, healthcare, obviously. Uh, and they had all these different apps that were in their environment. And so it was like epic, 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 right? That's what they live in. And they, and, uh, they have this uh, SAP that they had, all these different things. But really, the low-hanging fruit, the things that were going to be easy were these ones I have highlighted here. This was where they could make some real progress, but again, you've got to take that big picture view. You've got to get past those top five apps to find those. I'll give you one more example of why going big is beneficial. This was a customer of ours, Turner Broadcasting. It's a case study we did with Amazon, and they looked at over 10,000 servers. It was actually about 16,000, and uh, using our platform and working with AWS and their own internal teams, Obviously, they were able to get their cloud transformation jump started, but at the same time, they were able to find over a thousand servers that they could just shut down. So that's the best, right? <laughs> the best migration is into the closet, right? So if you can take a big picture, you'll not only find opportunities for migration, but find opportunities for cost savings, security improvement, all the things you get by reducing the footprint of your IT. All right, so once you've taken a big picture and you've got an application portfolio, now we need to start planning and sequencing. So the first thing that we recommend that our customers and partners do is find low-hanging fruit. A lot of times we talk to customers who have the approach that, well, if you can migrate this app, then you can migrate anything, right? And it's really like a test. I'm going to test you on this. Well, that, that's not a good way to approach it. Right? 
don't look for the hairiest, ugliest thing that you have and try to do it first. Find simple things because what's really important is this second one, which is building muscles. That's for your internal organization. How do you do the process? How do you do user acceptance testing? How long do we need to run the on-prem after we migrate, right? So those are things you're going to have to go through as a, as a business and build some familiarity with it, build some processes around it, fail a couple of times during that. So that's why you want to find these things that are low risk to migrate. And they're out there, I promise you. You have them in your environment. The last one we recommend is don't get caught up in a whole lot of financial modeling around things like reserved instances in the beginning. Right sizing, you should prioritize right sizing over reserved instances or buy downs in the beginning, okay? And you can check our, what's called the state of the cloud report from RightScale, who's a, a member of the FlexERA family. And you'll see they've done a lot of research around where do we save more money, in getting the instance choices correct or in buying down those instance choices. And so the biggest gain is going to come with getting the instance choices correct. Now that does not mean you should not look to then do reserved instances later because you'll get additional savings. But going in with the right sized image is what you should prioritize from a cost saving standpoint. We, our stati statistics show that you're going to save about 68% by getting the right instance size, okay, off of that uh, projected cost. All right, so this is another thing uh, that we recommend is doing scenario-based approaches. So I put up two here from our, uh, from our modeling. So you could say, oh, I need to close a data center. You may have this kind of external event that's pushing. I don't want to renew the lease on our London data center, so I got to get out. So in that case, you're going to prioritize different things. You want lift and shift. Obviously, you want them in that location. Moving your app from New York doesn't help. And you want things like low network connectivity, maybe even low storage requirement so it can go quickly, right? But if, you're, if you don't have what we call an externality, these things, you might instead be looking for just places to modernize. And so now I'm going to take a different approach. I don't maybe want lift and shift, right? Instead, I want to find things where my uh, components are going end of life, right? And this may bubble up to me as a, an opportunity. Hey, if it's going end of life anyway, now let's modernize. So depending on what you're doing, and of course you can mix these approaches, but depending on what you're trying to accomplish or the scenario you're dealing with, you want to be able to slice your data each way, okay? Okay, so let's talk about step three, which is I've migrated something, which could have happened a lot of different ways. We could have used a Cloud Endure kind of migration with AWS. Um, could have done it ourselves, right? However you did it. Now what? So the first is we want to validate the spend. You're going to start paying for stuff as soon as you do it. So we need to know, are we on the right trajectory? So really nice to have an integrated solution that can do that. In the assessing phase, predict what it's going to cost. And then when you're in there, actually make sure that that's what it costs and let you know if it's not. 
but you'll want to start tracking that right away, okay? Second is that this spin sprawl is real. It's out there. I, again, had a meeting yesterday with a customer from the UK who told me they had 400 AWS accounts in their enterprise. Okay, well, I can guarantee you there is sprawl in there, spin sprawl, right? So they're paying for stuff they don't need, and so they can reclaim that. It's not about then that budget going somewhere, like it's not going to anybody's pocket in here, right? We're, it's just going back so that our projects can get done better, right? That's what it's gonna happen. So how do we find that and uh, reclaim it? And this has to be automated. A lot of people are like, yeah, I'll have the time to deal with this. Once I get this one done, then I'll get in and deal with it. And that never happens, okay? So you want something that's automated that can do that. And I'm gonna show you an example of that kind of automation. Um, so this is our spend management product called Optima. And what you're looking at here, if you, I didn't know if it would be up or down. So you're looking here, this A, that's the spend on a certain type of compute, right? An instance type for this card. This is an actual customer data. So we're spending this money. We went in right-sized as an image, but then that A time over there, July of 15, that's when we bought some reserved instances. Great, so I have a boost in that. Spin goes down, that's exactly what should happen, right? Okay, now look at the yellow one. B is the yellow one. It came up and it's here. Well, we decide, okay, we're good, we're gonna buy down. So at B over there, we bought a bunch, but our spin didn't go down. And the reason it didn't is because we didn't get those applied properly, or we bought the wrong images, right? And so you wanna be able to automate this. So we have, for example, policies around things like reverse, uh, reserved instance utilization. So you can see that automated. And the really nice thing is as you're going in, you wanna know that that stuff is set up. This is not a problem you wanna solve after you get a call from the CFO. This is a problem you wanna lay in front of and say, okay, I've got this in place, so as we migrate in, we know what we're doing. The next step is to automate everything you can. I mean, I think that's, I'm not certainly the first person to talk about this at this conference, right? This is about, it's a DevOps world. How do we automate? How do we make things happen that we don't have to deal with on an ongoing basis. So there's ob obviously a lot of solutions around doing that. Um, one of the things that uh, Flexera has is a, is a Gartner Magic Quadrant leading solution around CMP, our cloud management platform. And so some of the things we've seen customers do and focus on, because you can chase a lot of rabbits with automation. So what, where is automation actually gonna deliver value? So first is templates, right? Getting some standards set up that you can then deploy easily. Um, making those custom. It's not just about taking whatever is available from the provider, but if you need to create something that's custom for your environment, how do we create that? And how do we make that so it can easily be deployed? And it's not just about deploying it. It's about the governance around that and then also tying into the spin management I was just showing, okay? So that we have a full, full accountability stream through that. 
Um, and so focus on templates, focus on those uh, service portfolios. The second is common interfaces, okay? So again, here, being able to orchestrate environments that are not just what you have in AWS or just in that one account in AWS, but to peel back one layer and say, I need to be able to deploy these templates and this orchestration a lot of different places. So really focusing on probably the lower level competencies, but being able to do them everywhere rather than getting hyper-focused on one thing that we could do, but it's only useful for one application, right? And then the last thing is to do all of this on a business service. This, I think, is becoming a newer concept in cloud right now. Um, it's been one in ITSM for a long time. And if you figure, or if you think of cloud as a domain of ITSM, then okay, makes total sense. But cloud kind of broke out there for a while and was on its own. And we're managing EC2 instances, and we're managing RDS, you know, we're managing all of these things. But we don't really understand how all those things contribute to our business and what the services they're providing are. Who's consuming them? Are these internal or external resources? Um, are they trending from a capacity standpoint as a group, not just an individual resource, in the right way or the wrong way? And how is that spend accounted for? Are we spending th money on servers or are we spending X amount of budget for this business service? So being able to construct a business service view of your cloud management is critical. And we've seen customers who focus on these things have a lot of success, right? It doesn't mean these are the only things to the exclusion of everything else. But if you'll do these things, then you'll be really well equipped to operate faster and better within the cloud. So I'll stop real quick. Uh, I finished two minutes early. There we go. Uh, we do have a booth in the Venetian Expo Hall, so please come by and see us if you'd like to talk with us anymore about how you can accomplish any of this with our solutions. But I'm also happy to take any questions. I don't know if we have, we have a couple of minutes. If anybody has questions, happy to answer them. No? Okay, great. Well, I thank you very much for your time. And uh, please complete this session survey in the mobile app. And we hope you have a great rest of your conference. We look forward to seeing you guys soon. Thank you.